I'd like to talk about mindfulness and what it is, and especially mindfulness of the body. <clears throat> mindfulness is a word that's being used a lot in the media. Uh, you know, mindfulness training, um, mindfulness in education, mindfulness in business. So, uh, what do we mean? Uh, I'm not sure what what they mean, <laughs> but when we talk about mindfulness meditation in the Buddhist tradition, um, what do, what are we talking about? When we hear the word mind, you know, most people have an idea of you know, well, what is the mind? And and mostly people identify mind with our thoughts. We think mind is our thoughts, what we think. And, um, and in, our, in our culture, I don't know if it's true in, in every culture, maybe not, uh, but in our, in our culture there's quite an emphasis on the conceptual mind and understanding things conceptually. So, so somehow when we think of mindfulness and we think of the mind, you know, maybe even if we haven't um, thought about it so specifically and uh, particularly like this, but we might be thinking that it's, it's understanding something, that we have to get it right in our, in our understanding you know, we have to somehow conceptually be able to explain it. So I'm not I'm not saying that the mind in in the conceptual way that having ideas and having thoughts and being able to explain things is unimportant. Obviously I'm sitting here explaining things and trying to express things, so it's important. Um, but it's not the end of story, um, because mindfulness is is not about getting it through, getting the right ideas and understanding it, and somehow filtering our experience through the right ideas about how things are. Mindfulness is a direct non-conceptual experience. When we are being mindful, there's an awareness which is a present moment awareness. We're not thinking about past or future. We're present with our experience, non-conceptually and non-judgmentally. So that means that when I'm being mindful of a body sensation, I'm simply aware of the sensation and and I know I'm aware of the sensation you know I, there's kind of that awareness that I'm sensing it's not you know it's not simply you know hearing something but it's knowing I'm hearing something or knowing I'm feeling something and I'm not trying to get rid of it I'm not trying to hold on to it so 
So mindfulness essentially is non-grasping and non-resisting. So that's, um, that's a real shift from the ordinary mind. Because if you think about you know, how we may feel if an emotion comes up, which is an unpleasant emotion, say, grief or fear. You know, our immediate, you know, the most people, the ordinary person, um, not particularly somebody who's trained, the Buddha used the expression, the untutored uh, disciple or the, un- the untutored person. Uh, and then he contrasted that with the noble disciple. So the untutored person, we might say, um, just wants to feel better right away. You know, wants, to, wants that unpleasant emotion to just be gone. So um, what do we do? You know, what is, what is the untutored, un- untutored person do? Uh, the untutored person will probably turn on the television set or take out their smartphone, or open the fridge, or um, uh, what else? You know, there are there are so many ways that we turn away from, or we escape from feeling. Even even going into a story about the feeling is a way of escaping from the feeling. It's not actually. Um, turning toward it. Uh, so, um, so the body, the body is a really wonderful way, mindfulness of the body is a really wonderful way to be present with our experience, our, our feelings, our emotions, because everything that we that we experience as a human being is known in the body. So our senses, our, our sensory experiences are known in the body, obviously. We hear, we smell, we touch, we taste, we see. But also our emotions and our, our thoughts even have a body resonance. There's a um, the Buddha said something. It's one of um, one of my favorite uh, quotes of the Buddha about mindfulness of the body. And he said that uh, there is one thing that, when cultivated and regularly practiced, leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, to mindfulness and clear comprehension to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now, and to the culmination of wisdom and awakening. And what is that one thing? It is mindfulness centered on the body. And and he said elsewhere, if the body is not cultivated, the mind cannot be cultivated. 
If the body is cultivated, then the mind can be cultivated. So, so what does it mean to, to cultivate the body? It really means to investigate the body, to, to, to come to know the nature of the body. And, um, and to be present in the body. So that's where we start. We just learn to be present in the body. And, um, and so we're doing that in our sitting practice, just come, coming back to the simplicity of just being in the body. Just feeling the body sitting, feeling the breath in the body. And, and I, really, uh, I really love the way, you know, um, Melody was teaching the yoga uh, and, and really using the awareness of sensation to, to not only be present in the body, but also to examine uh, the quality of the mind, the, you know, what's present in the mind. What's, what are the mental states that are coming up? You know, so just feeling the body and, and grounded in the body, bringing that awareness and openness to whatever's coming up in the mind. And, and then, you know, with that awareness, with that openness, we can then come back to the body and we can ask, so how does that feel in the body? You know, so if... If the mind is feeling not good enough, you know, if the mind is saying not good enough, you know, this, you know, whatever, this, the way I'm doing this asana or the way I'm, uh, I'm feeling or doing anything or just the way I am, not good enough. And then we can come to, to the body and we can ask ourselves, so, where is that being held in the body? How, how am I, where is that attitude, that mental state, that, that judgment not good enough? How is that being known in the body? And so the body can reveal to us um, what is happening in the mind and when we know it in the body, we can just be present with it, with kindness, with compassion, and we can recognize that that this attitude of mind, whether it's not good enough or or I want this or I I hate that, um, that this attitude of mind is not it it moves through us when we observe it in the body. We recognize that it moves. When we observe it in the body, we recognize that it's not static. And you know, words are really wonderful, and they they give us this uh, amazing capacity to to divide the world, divide reality into. Um, into parts, into discrete 
objects. So we 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 have a word for this. You know, it's a paper. Okay, so so um, so we we th- and we and we begin to believe. The problem is that we begin to believe our words, and we think everything is separate and static. You know, we we think that this is, you know, a thing that it's it's static. When we take in life through the conceptual mind, that's what we tend to believe: that things are separate and that they're static. But um, but if you look at this with the eyes. Of wisdom, you see that it's first of all, it's not permanent. We know that, you know, I don't know. In in a few years, it'll be yellow. In a few more years, it'll start to fall apart. We know that before it was paper, it was something else. It was, you know, a tree. It was sunshine. It was rain. It was the earth. It was the energy of human beings who cut down trees. It was the 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 skill, the ancient skill of making paper out of pulp, which goes way back to the Egyptian, (coughs) ancient Egypt. So so things are connected, things are impermanent, and and so when we investigate with mindfulness, we begin to see that. And we begin to see that uh, an attitude such as, I'm not good enough, you know, came from somewhere. It arose from conditions. And it can also change and become something else. But when we have a story in our minds about I'm not good enough, or I don't belong here, or um, I'm a victim, or uh, or nobody loves me, or I'm better than everybody, you know, whatever our story is, you know, that story is uh, something that you know we can we imagine is is real and 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 it has a kind of a um, a reality which is out exists outside of our immediate felt existence so uh, so when we reconnect to our to our body to our felt existence we we can reconnect to the vitality and the and the life that is responding in this moment to what's present, what's unfolding, how our life is unfolding. So, so it's, more, it's more direct. It's more, it could be um, just that experience of anxiety or that experience of love or that experience of just a kind of energy, a fullness of energy. So, so the body, when we, when we bring our mindfulness to the body, we're grounding ourselves in a kind of an immediacy of 
of presence to, to this moment, to our response in this moment. So it's a present moment experience and we're not judging ourselves, we're not caught in the commentary about what's happening. Um, so we're just being mindful in the body in this moment you know, can bring us into a feeling of or a presence of calmness or uncertainty or um, interest. <clears throat> there was a uh, there's a teacher named Gil Fronsdale who is a really wonderful teacher of insight meditation. And uh, in, the, in, the, in his early days of practice, he, he went and practiced uh, in Thailand with Ajahn Buddhadasa, a uh, really wonderful Thai uh, forest teacher. And, um, and he recounts, Gilfrandisdale recounts, that Ajahn Buddhadasa said to him, you know, early on in this retreat, don't do anything that takes you out of your body. So... So don't, don't get caught up in a story that takes you out of your body. Don't get caught up in, in uh, desiring that takes you out of your body. And so, so he, he really took that to heart, and he, he began to notice, what takes me out of my body? So what takes you out of your body? So is it worrying about the future? Is it um, going over something that happened in the past? So when we stay grounded in our body, when we stay mindful in the body, we're, we're mindful of the body non-conceptually and directly. There's an expression that the Buddha used in um, uh, the four foundations of mindfulness. So the four foundations of mindfulness is kind of the, um, the key text for teaching mindfulness meditation in, in Buddhism. And, uh, and he... Um, and, the, and mindfulness of the body is the first, and it's the biggest chapter, it's the largest chapter. So, so mindfulness of the body is the most accessible um, sphere in which we can practice mindfulness. And he, he uses the expression a number of times, be mindful of the body in the body. So be mindful of the body in the body. So we're, we're mindful of our sensations, we're mindful of our uh, just how the body is moving, not from thinking about the body or projecting our body, but just by really inhabiting the body, being present in the body. And 
And when we're present in the body, you know, really just sensing, uh, sensing the body posture, the sensations of sitting on the on the floor, on a chair, the touch of the air on our skin, the places of tension in the body. When we're present in the body, when we're mindful of the body in the body, the mind becomes quiet. There's a, we're inhabiting our own being, we're inhabiting our awareness. So, we're not somehow on the outside looking at ourselves. And, and, and that habit of somehow projecting outside and looking at ourselves is one that's very prevalent and it divides our mind, it divides us from ourselves. So, you know, how many times do we imagine how somebody is seeing us? How many times do we think about, you know, if we're being uh, properly recognized for our, our, what we're giving or what we're doing, what we're contributing? How many times do we think about our body as an object of somebody else's desire? Or our body as not desirable? You know, it's the same thing. Do we, do we use our body to project something about ourselves? Our style, our personality? You know, so do we see our body somehow as an object which, in which we're projecting something about ourselves? Do we, do we have this idea that we somehow need to fix our bodies? That we need to, that our bodies are not good enough and that really it's by fixing our bodies that we're going to uh, become happy, feel happy, you know? If I only, you know, lose that 10 or 15 pounds or if I only, you know, work out and I become more, you know, more strong, you know, uh, whatever it is, we we have these ideas about the body, and it's objectifying the body. And uh, and when we identify with our body being a certain way, then when the body ages or becomes ill, then that can cause a lot of fear. And of course, when we think about the body dying, you know, then we really can become very frightened um, if we objectify the body and think we are the body in a kind of an objectified way. But when we are present in the body and there's that aliveness, that, that awareness, embodied awareness, then 
then there's something, there, the body supports this presence and at the same time it's not attached to the body being any particular way. There's a um, there's a, a discourse or a sutta uh, in the Pali canon um, called the um, Magandhya Sutta and, uh, and there's this this wanderer, Magandhya, who says that he, he so he has having a conversation with the Buddha, and Magandhya says, you know, um, I think that being very healthy and well and fit is the same as nibbana, or nibbana or awakening, and. Um, and I, I found that quite interesting when I, um, when I read that because there is a certain mentality and it exists in the yoga world, um, you know, uh, that, that, yeah, if I can do those asanas perfectly and if my body becomes really, you know, so flexible and so... Uh, um, you know, all the channels are opened, and you know, whatever that, uh, that, that, uh, that that's, you know, that that's perfection. Uh, that's what I'm striving for. And the Buddha said, no, no. He said, uh, he said, nibbana is liberation. It's not being subject to birth and death. So, so the. The Buddha said, "No, you're you've, you've set your sights on the wrong goal." Um, so, uh, so, so I I don't necessarily want to explore, you know, uh, right now what what is you know liberation from birth and death, um, but just really coming back to that presence uh, and really that presence is what well I, I can make the connection that that presence is what enables us to see the arising and passing away of the many different states of mind that come and go the sensations as well physical sensations mental states Thoughts, so that grounded presence in the body is what gives us the stability to see that all of these other states come and go. And um, and so there's nothing that we can hold on to, and there's nothing that holds on to us. So, so this practice of mindfulness is in in insight meditation. Um, the first two, what are called enlightenment factors, you know, the first is mindfulness, and the second is inquiry. 
And so mindfulness and inquiry are really like the two legs for insight practice. So there's this capacity to be aware and present with stability of, of awareness and, and giving, giving space to our experience in the body to be known. And then there's the inquiry, which, which says, what is this? What is this? What is, what is the characteristic of this? So in insight meditation, you know, the Buddha, it's, it's kind of like a science experiment. You know, you, you, you start off a science, with a, a science experiment with a kind of a, um, a, th- a theory, uh, I'm not actually, it's been a while since I've done science. Hypothesis. The hypothesis, thank you. <laughs> the hypothesis. So the hypothesis that the Buddha wants us to, to, um, to test through our inquiry, through our mindfulness and inquiry, is everything that you experience is impermanent. That's the hypothesis. Everything that you can experience through your senses is impermanent. So, do you find that to be true? Go and, go and look. Go and look. Go find out. Look at the sensations in your body. Look at the mental states. Look at the thoughts in your mind. You know, that, that, uh, that anger that you felt yesterday, where is it now? You know, the, the excitement, you know, the boredom, uh, the impatience, perhaps, that you felt. Where is it now? You know, it's, sh- it's shifted. It's changed. It's something else. The Buddha says, "You know, look and see if you find anything that you can experience through the senses that's that 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 is not impermanent." And and he said, "Also, see if see if there's anything that can give you lasting fulfillment." You know, so. So the, the, the impermanence part is uh, the word in Pali is anicca. And then the incapacity of things to give us lasting fulfillment of things is, um, is called dukkha. So it means it's unstable. We can't hold on to it. It's going to change. We can't count on it. It's unreliable. So if you're counting on that perfect relationship or that perfect job, or that perfect body, or the perfect whatever, to be in a certain way, and your happiness depends on that, um, you're going to be disappointed. So, so we can examine that just by being present in the body, being mindful in the body, staying connected with our experience in the body. We see how it changes. We see, you know, when we try to cling to things, how it creates stress and suffering. And and the third thing that the point that the Buddha pointed to was, you know, there's nothing that's exists separate from everything else. So everything's interconnected. Everything's interdependent. So this piece of paper doesn't exist separate from the sun. 
My body doesn't exist separate from water, from air, from food, from relationships. So just coming to the body and, and um, being embodied in our awareness, embodied awareness, is, is the doorway to wisdom, is the doorway to freedom. Freedom from suffering, freedom from uh, delusion, freedom to love, not just freedom from, freedom to love, freedom to, uh, to be joyful. The joy that comes from freedom, the freedom of not, of not uh, clinging to anything as essential. Um, There's a um, quote that I read somewhere uh, that really speaks to me. Um, When asked to describe her spiritual practice, a Zen nun from 15th century Japan responded, I meet life with my whole body. I meet life with my whole body. So this this awareness in the body, embodied awareness, brings us fully into the present moment and allows us to see the nature of our experience. When we meet, just when we just are open to the flow of sensation, the the quality of energy known in the body of whatever arises, it allows us to see to directly see the nature of our experience, and and we see that everything is continuously changing, and that that we're not creating those sensations. We're not creating those feelings. They're simply arising. They're arising and passing away. And and we don't have to create an identification or an identity around a feeling, an idea, a belief. We can we can be open to that flow of life that we can experience in the body and through the body.
And by simply attending to the flow of sensation, the aliveness of the body, we also experience our connection with the natural world. We see that that uh, that our experience of sensation is part of belonging to life. We're part of life. And that the entire universe is make, made up of changing, moving energies, and our bodies are part of that dance. So just, just feeling the breath, feeling the sensation in the body, Open to, open to whatever is arising in the body without clinging and without resisting. But, um, there's a poem by Tagore, um, an Indian poet. The same stream of life that runs through my veins runs through the world and dances in rhythmic measure. It is the same life that shoots in joy through the dust of the earth into numberless blades of grass and breaks into tumultuous waves of leaves and flowers. It is the same life that is rocked in the ocean cradle of birth and death in ebb and flow. My limbs are made glorious by the touch of this world of life, and my pride is from the life throb of ages dancing in my blood this moment. So let's take a few minutes to sit, just a couple of minutes to sit quietly and feel the body, feel the aliveness be mindful and present in the body. <clears throat> 